What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 57.0. And we are starting a new series. Uh, it's the one that the uh, the listeners and the Twitter fans all voted for, including my fiance. Um, the Last of Us. It is a Naughty Dog developed game originally on the PlayStation 3 came out really only a few months before the PlayStation 4 released um came out June 14th of 2013 and um but yeah uh tonight it's just me and Matt Matt hello friends and uh yeah we're going to we're going to play through this i know it's a it's a big one that everybody wants me to talk about for good reason. For for good reason. So, as we do with every new series, let's talk about our history with The Last of Us. Matt, how about you start off? Tell me, what's your history with The Last of Us? Um, You know, I, I was pretty amped up for it when it came out. Um, coming off of Uncharted 2, one of my absolute favorite games of last generation. Probably one of my favorite games ever. Um, and then knowing that those guys switched over to do The Last of Us and they split to have a different team do Mass Effect 3, uh, certainly at the time, oh, sorry, I'm in uh, Uncharted. You've got Mass oh. Effect on the brain, man. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I was pretty amped up for it, though. Uh, I played it. There's not a lot to say. I mean, I played it right when it came out. I kind of loved it. Mm-hmm. Um. But then the only weird thing about the only asterisk I put on that statement is that as much as I loved it and played through it, uh, I, not terribly quickly. I think I played through it right when it came out, but over about a month. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a bash it out in a weekend kind of game. Played it fairly slowly and beat it, and I really enjoyed it. But to be honest, I really haven't thought about it much since, and maybe that's because it's not a not a trilogy, not a series. And, you know, we kind of went back to Uncharted with Uncharted 4. Right. Uh, so I, I've enjoyed it. I didn't play the DLC. I haven't really thought about it much, but I, I really liked it. And for me, it, it one of the reasons it was so great is it's the kind of story I like. It's the kind of story I want to write. Um, and it was j- just a, a fleshed out world. I just loved it. And I'm curious to see what this playthrough is going to have to say about that, and if I'll, I'll still like it as much as I do now that things have moved on a few years. Right. So, um, pretty much everybody knows my history with The Last of Us. Um, it was huge. It was. It was the hype was was real for this game. You know that was this was like the the last big Sony game for the PlayStation Three before going into the the PS Four, which was I think was already announced at the time. Um, I remember watching the big E3 demo of it and, you know, it ended with Joel shooting a guy in the friggin' head and everybody cheered and shit. And I was like, well, that's kind of morbid, but, um, you know, I mean, it was huge. I mean, the hype was real and I think we should back up for me and my history because my history with the last of us technically actually starts with me playing uncharted. Um, I played Uncharted 1, um, 
and I don't think I really had many feelings on that game. Um, I just, I just played it. You know, it was one of those things where I got my PS3 and the first thing I did was, was play Metal Gear Solid 4. But then, hey, I did also get Uncharted and, um, you know, I remember playing it at a friend's house. I actually brought my, my PS3 to a friend's house and we sat there and played it there. And I guess I didn't mind it. I, I was kind of indifferent to it. And, uh, I then played Uncharted 2. And that's when I started to begin to believe I don't think I like Naughty Dog shooters that much. I was a huge fan of Jack and Daxter back in the day. Um, and. Ash. Oh, see, I never played Crash. Remember, we we did Crash Three, and I said that was the first Crash I'd ever played. So I was, but I was a huge Jack and Daxter fan. Played Jack One and Two, both were great. You know, Jack Three, eh, you know, it it went downhill, but it's okay. Um, But you know, Naughty Dog, you know, I respected them. I was I was a big fan of their their Jack series, Um, and I didn't mind Uncharted One, but Uncharted Two is when. It kind of, I, I started getting into this mentality that I don't think I like Naughty Dog shooters that much. Because I just, while I will agree that Uncharted 2 tells a fantastic story, it's well acted, it's fun, you know, as far as the, the adventure itself goes. Huge set pieces and stuff like that. I could not stand the way that game played. Um, Does that mean the shooting mechanics or everything? It was kind of a little bit of everything. The shooting mechanics were definitely off for me. Um, but at the same time, I started getting really sick of these blockbuster movie games. And I've mentioned that before, too. Like, mm-hmm. Uncharted. Like, it, let me play your game. You know, don't make me sit there and watch your game. And I'm not talking like in cutscenes. I'm talking like, oh, look, there's yet another explosion happening. And look, it looks amazing. And, ooh, it's crazy adventurous. But everything felt scripted. And I just, it just turned me off completely. Because, you know, at that time, I was really big into RPGs. I love open-ended stuff where I get to choose what I'm going to do with my character, stat points and, and different types of equipment and stuff like that. That's, that, that's kind of my thing. And it has been for years, even before I played Uncharted and stuff like that. But I just felt like it was overly scripted and it was all about the spectacle more than it was about the gameplay. And I was like, yeah, I, I kind of didn't like Uncharted 2 as much as everybody else. And everybody else was saying this is the be all end all. And I mean, I was like, yes, it, it's a good story and it's, it's fun as far as, you know, what it's doing. It's making, it's making this big, you know, Indiana Jones adventure does a great job of that, but I couldn't stand playing the game so much. In fact, I have never played Uncharted 3. Never never had any desire whatsoever to play that game. And in between that time, they released Tomb Raider, which at the same time is another blockbuster movie kind of funneling you into the next big explosion thing. And I was just like, I don't really feel like playing that game either. You know, I felt like I'm, I'm done with these movie esque games. Mm. 
Um, no matter the quality. Uh, yeah, uh, no matter the quality, because I don't care how great your game looks or how amazing a story is. If I can't stand playing the game to get to that story, I don't want to play that game. Gameplay. That way about Telltale games? Say that again now? You don't feel that way about Telltale games? I have a different, I have a different feeling on Telltale games. I feel, uh, to begin with, Telltale games, you know, the first season of The Walking Dead and stuff like that, I was, I was intrigued and enjoyed them. But now I look at Telltale Games as it doesn't really matter what your choices are. You're going to get funneled into basically Mass Effect 3. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's re- it really, that's how I feel about those games too. Um, but So it's our gear bust. Not really. I mean, that's not, that's not the case. My thing is there's always the, the, there's the Trinity, right? There's graphics, there's gameplay. And then there's, um, story, you know, or presentation. And that's what, you know, most people judge games on. And to me, there's always, there's always one thing of the Trinity that you want to stick out more than anything. Some people are all about how great a game looks. Some people are all about how great the story is. Me, I want good gameplay. One of my favorite games of probably the last generation was Geometry Wars. Geometry Wars 2, I absolutely fucking love that game. And guess what? There is no story and the graphics are non-existent. But that gameplay, I was addicted to that game because of how good the gameplay was. And I mean, you know, sure, that's a small and a bad comparison. I, you could take it as a bad comparison, but I like the gameplay in it more than I did Uncharted. And... That's what sticks out to me. So cut to The Last of Us. Hype train's real, man. Hype train is always real for a Naughty Dog game. When they, you can just plaster Naughty Dog on something and people will cheer it. It's true. Um, and I think. To me, they're one of the two studios. It's Naughty Dog and Blizzard. Yeah. Th- those are the two in my book that essentially can do no wrong. Yeah. I think Blizzard can do no wrong. Well, they have done wrong because I played Diablo three at launch, but, um, but yeah, Blizzard fucking quality. They make some damn quality, good games. And I don't want to slight naughty dog. I'm not trying to bash naughty dog. I mean, it does kind of get on my nerves whenever somebody just immediately blindly just says, yay, naughty dogs coming out with a new game. And I'm just like, yeah, but. I mean, there's some glaring issues with some of their games that nobody really wants to talk about because it tells an amazing story. And I'm just like, come on, guys. I mean, who actually enjoys playing those games? Like, there's, and, and that's the thing, I'm not alone. There's a lot of people out there who, who quit The Last of Us. I know multiple people on Twitter who have agreed with me. We're a small minority, but. I mean, at the same time, there's a lot of people out there who are like, I don't like playing through with The Last of Us. So, cut to The Last of Us. Hype train's real. I didn't fall in the hype train to begin with. I I was like, yeah, it looks great. I'm sure it's going to be yet another Naughty Dog game that everybody's going to fall in love with. And I decided I wasn't going to get it. Because I didn't get Uncharted 3. 
I didn't really care for Uncharted 2, and I feel I have a feeling this is going to be the exact same thing. And so I didn't get it at launch. Uh, but I was randomly at a GameStop, and we were looking around, and I saw The Last of Us on the shelf. It was probably about three, two or three weeks after the game had came out. And everybody was just talking it up kind of thing. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I, I bought it. And I took it home and I started playing it and I just, there was, I love the presentation. I love the characters. It was a, a great, fantastic opening to the game. Um, very emotional, just a well done presentation and look to it. But when I got to that first encounter, I was like, okay, let's try to do this. I just, and, and then the next encounter was the exact same way. And then the next encounter was the same way again. I got about maybe three to four hours into that game and said, I do not want to play this anymore and abandon it completely. And this is the first time I have, uh, so I, I, full disclosure, I kept the game for a long time. Because I, I, I didn't want to get rid of it because hell, it's a game I've never finished and I bought, I paid 60 fucking bucks for it. Um, so I never got rid of it, just sat on a shelf. And then I don't know when the, the, uh, Left Behind DLC came out, but it came up. Ken was like, we need a reviewer for this and nobody owns this game anymore except for <laughs> you, Drew. And I was like, okay. I said, I, sure, I'll review it. And so I booted up the game because you have to have the game to play the DLC. And I played through that DLC and you can look at my review. I actually enjoyed it. And there's a reason why, which we will talk about in an upcoming episode when we talk about Left Behind. But is that you can play that standalone now, right? Can you? I'm pretty sure you can download. Well, maybe not. I know you could download it separately. I thought, I thought you could play it as a standalone. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe I, I'm imagining it. I, I can't, I can't tell. I think it was the multiplayer standalone. That may be it. Yeah, it could be that. Um, but yeah, um, and that was the last time I booted up The Last of Us up until this week. Um, but, you know, I've said it on multiple podcasts and stuff like that. You know, I've said it on Twitter and I just, I don't like the gameplay in it. And I still don't. I just, um, and, you know, I'll go into detail once we start talking about the games more. So let's, let's talk about the actual story of the game. Um, it starts off, um, kind of, I don't, Modern. yeah, it's, it's, it's like, is it was the fall of man supposed to happen? Like when that game came out, like 2013. Yeah. I think that's when it starts. Okay. So we start in 2013, uh, and we actually play as Joel's daughter. Um, and, uh, they have kind of an interesting relationship. She's kind of like a, she takes care of herself. It seems like there's no mother to be found here. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and it's late at night. She fell asleep on the couch. Joel comes in and it's his birthday and her, she gives him a watch because she remembers that his watch broke and they have a nice little banner between each other and stuff like that. And, uh, eventually she falls asleep when she wakes back up. She can't find Joel, her dad. Uh, so you play as her as we slowly get ramped up to basically what the crisis is happening. So, um, there's, you know, stuff like a TV broadcast talking about there's a state of emergency. Um, there's police driving by the house kind of thing. Uh, and immediately, I mean, it just, it just kind of kicks ramps right in right there. Uh, Joel comes in from the backyard. He's got a gun and, uh, he's telling his daughter to get the hell back because something's up with the neighbors. Um, one of the, um, one of the neighbors does come in and Joel shoots him because he is charging him. That's when Joel decides we need to get the hell out of here. Um, just at that exact same time, uh, Joel's brother pulls up. Is it his brother? Or was it his wife's brother? True. It was one of those. I thought it was his brother, brother Tommy or something. Yeah. Uncle Tommy. Uncle Tommy. Yeah. But I can't remember if it's Joel's brother or if it's his wife's brother. That's a good question. I can't remember. I'm sure somebody can answer that for us. Uh, and everything just starts ramping up from there. We're, we're driving down what looks like a country road. So the first thing I should mention is Joel and his daughter. What was his daughter's name? Sarah. Sarah. They both have Southern accents. They sound like they're probably from they sound like Texas accents to be honest with you. Um, I could be wrong. Um, but let's see here. I wonder if this stuff has it in the Wikipedia page. Let's find out. September of 2013, an outbreak of a mutant cordycipus. I don't know how to pronounce that fungus ravages the United States, transforming its human hosts into cannibalistic monsters known as the infected in the suburbs of Austin, Texas. There we go. Uh, Joel flees the chaos with his brother, Tommy and daughter, Sarah, as they flee, Sarah is shot by a soldier and dies in Joel's arms. So yeah, more chaos ensues. The, uh, truck gets wrecked. um, we get separated from Tommy. We then take over as Joel as he carries Sarah. And, um, we eventually make it to kind of like a, at, right outside of the town. And, uh, we run into a military guy who's standing there and you can tell he's getting orders from somebody. Um, and he decides to open fire on Joel and Sarah. Joel tries to get out of the way. Um, the military man comes up on Joel, aims his gun at him and then gets shot in the head by Tommy. Tommy comes to save the day. Uh, but unfortunately, what's that now? Two minutes too late. Yep. Unfortunately, during that, uh, hell of gunfire, Sarah was hit and dies right then and there. Then, um, face the black. 
says The Last of Us, and then we cut to Joel, now older, and it says 20 years later. So 20 years, so I, I, 20, 33? Yep. We're now uh, living in kind of like a militaristic safe zone, quarantine yes. zone. I guess a lot of the cities have these safe zones set up within them where they can be regimented about who's getting into the safe zones and the quarantine zones. Yeah. And uh, everybody goes by, you know, food rations, stuff like that. And at, that point, at that point, they're up in Boston. Uh, is that where they are, Boston? I think so. I think I read that somewhere. Okay. Well, I'm sure the Wikipedia page has it. Let's see here. Survivors are live in heavily policed quarantine zones, independent settlements, and nomadic groups. Joel works as a smuggler uh, with his part- partner Tess in the Boston, Massachusetts yep. quarantine zone. Um, so yeah, that's that's where the game kind of begins, really. Um, and you kind of get a good glimpse of how like while walking through this quarantine zone, how this world is established now. Yeah. The the first thing I really noticed about it is all the graffiti. Really? And and all the other, you know, like the garbage in the corners. Yeah. You know, I think that tells you as much as, as any of the people do about the state of things. Yeah. The environments tell their own story kind of thing. Yeah, they do a lot with the with the graffiti and, and either either giving you previews of the fireflies and what they're all about or some of the other questions you might have. A lot of that ends up getting reflected in the graffiti on the walls in this game, which I thought was really cool. So well I should mention that in between the title screen and Joel twenty years later, there are like what sounds like news broadcasts talking about different things that's gone on throughout the years, including the, the uprising of the fireflies, which started at the, actually at the very beginning of the outbreak. Um, they're kind of like a resistance group. Yeah. I guess they're opposing sort of the military state that's been imposed on everybody. Yeah. So there's all these quarantine zones, there's these checkpoints. It's all sort of the remnants of the, of the military that's, governing these zones so these these people i guess are trying to i guess they don't agree with with the forced euthanasia probably when they yeah. find out people affected um, and they're trying to develop a cure without the help of the government yeah so um but yeah uh we we start off with Joel uh meeting up with Tess who is kind of like his partner who do um smuggling uh for multiple things uh, but mainly guns and um we're kind of right in the middle of basically one of their deals went wrong somebody stole their guns they know exactly who it was Robert Robert um to um take back their guns and that's kind of like the first quest of this game. I like to look at it as a fantasy thing. This is their quest right now. Um, and it, I mean, it, it, they, you know, there's 
exposition in there talking about basically what life is like now, uh, both through the environment and through dialogue and stuff like that. And there's one thing I, I have to give this game and, uh, and I, I give this game kudos multiple times is that you get, you, you don't, you never see an infected until like three hours in this game. You never once see the zombies. It's, and that was, that was always, it always kind of stuck out to me because, you know, in a normal game, they'd be like, Oh, you're just going to start throwing zombies at you left and right. But in this one, you're fighting mainly humans to begin with. And you don't even see what has turned this world into what it is until well past the introduction. Yeah. Which is, I guess, really one of the, one of the themes of the game, right? It doesn't matter how they were formed. Yeah, they're out there, but they're just another opposition. And it's really about, you know, a couple of these main characters and their, and their journey and their quest. And you know, maybe that just reinforces that, that, you know, we're not going to throw zombies in early because that, you know, they're only part of the story. They're not the story. At the same time, I feel like they left, they did that way to leave it a mystery, you know, to leave it like, well, what, what the fuck really did happen? You know, like what, what, what was so bad out there? Because we all we're seeing is just a bunch of assholes shooting each other, yeah. you know, not to mention Tess and Joel are kind of assholes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're playing as a bad guy. It seems like you're playing as a murderer, as, as somebody who does illegal things and is very selfish. Um, but that's what this world turns people into. Even good people. Yeah. And so, um, the whole, like we, we do, we do our thing going through the quarantine zone. We finally catch up with Robert's men and we just basically go into the base. Fuck it. We're going to go guns blazing, get this guy. And this is when we get our first taste of the, the combat. I feel like, and this is where I'll just go ahead and try and try and convey how I feel about this game as best I can, because it's kind of difficult. Uh, so I'm playing on normal and this game isn't easy to begin with. There's plenty of enemies out there that can one shot you. There are you're you're low on healing items. You're, yeah, you're severely limited with yeah. your inventory. You're you're actually severely limited in a lot of things. Not only with just your ammunition or your ways to fight, but just pretty much anything. Um, I feel like most combat situations start out like this. You see a bunch of enemies. You then decide, I need to sneak around them, take them out one by one. The issue is, is that pretty much every single time I try to do that, I may be able to take out one or two guys before I get spotted, and now it's a combat scenario. 
combat in this game is bad. I feel like combat it, because because it is a survival game. When you throw a ton of enemies at somebody, you might as well just say, I'm fucked. And I feel, and that, that turns into a tedious nightmare. Because in the section that we're talking about tonight, I had to restart due to combat failures at least 20 times. Mm. Now. Yeah. I would guess I probably did five or six times. Now, you can chalk it up to me saying, I, Drew just sucks at this game. And you know what? I would agree with you. I do suck at this game. But I've played my fair share of third-person shooters. And I've played my fair share of stealth games, too. And it feels like to me that the, even, you know, between the two different aspects of the gameplay, the stealth play and the, the combat, the gunplay, no matter which one you choose to do, the deck is always stacked against you. And it feels like there is no real way to get the upper hand in a situation. It's just, it's chaos. And to me, that's just like, you know, you, you throw me into, you throw me to the wolves. Then, and then you, you just kind of have to like here, I'll give you a perfect example. I have to brute force shit. So later on in the game, I mean, I'm skipping ahead here, but there later on in the game, there's a part where you're trying to go to a high school. And if you get spotted during this time, there's at least 10 infected running towards you. And you will just get, you know, completely rushed by them. And, you know, once you get surrounded, you're screwed. So I then got clever and said, I don't want to deal with this. So I climbed on top of a school bus and one by one, the infected would line up, climb on top of the school bus. I would then kick them off and they would instantly die. And I did that 10 times. And there was a pile of dead bodies laying there at, at the base of the fucking school bus. And to me, the reason I did that so I would, could succeed, the mere fact that I had to do that to succeed shouldn't happen in this game. No, there's no way you can say you had to do that. At that point in the game, they've just given you a huge shotgun. They've just given you the ability to throw grenades. And out of those ten probably could take out three or four stealthily and then just blast the rest with shotguns. Well, here's my thing with that. Because this game plays like a survival game, you have the mentality of, I don't need to waste ammo. I need to conserve all of my powerful things. So to me, it feels like you're penalizing yourself for expelling ammo. And it's, it's kind of like, you don't need to do this, but we're going to force you to do it. And I don't like that. Like, I, I want choice in this game. 
I want See, choice I, in my I, games. I was going to say choice is the one thing I think this game does really well because you've got stealth, and usually, you know, when I'm in these encounters, I, I tend to take out a few people with stealth. I think you're right. It almost always devolves into a shootout at some point. Um, but going from one to two up to two to four people, taking out stealthily is a pretty big deal. And then, you know, I, I just, I like, I like the variety that you have in some of these encounters, not all of them, um, because it sort of depends on the scenario and where you are when you get seen and, you know, and some other things. But for a lot of these encounters, I think there's a, a good amount of variety, you know, for one, in a lot of games, when you're down to, like, let's say you run out of all ammo and you're just left with your fists or a knife, that thing is absolutely useless. Like in Resident Evil. In this game, I, I, the most visceral fighting, I think, is when you have to use your fists. And w- with a little bit of bobbing and weaving, you can get most of the runners with just your fists without getting hit if it's like a one-on-one scenario. That's true. So I think that's really cool that you're absolutely nothing left. You can still kill most of these enemies without getting hit. Yeah. I think that's really cool. And then separate from that, I love that you've got sort of your next level up, your melees, your shivs, your wooden planks, baseball bats, and stuff like that. You know, and then you've got weapons. And yes, I think you're right that you, to some degree, want to conserve ammo. But on the other hand, within an hour or two of this game, you've got like six different weapons or seven different weapons. So finding bits and pieces of ammo here and there fills up you know, all these different types of weapons. So while you, you know, you may blat, you may blow through all of your shotgun shells pretty quickly and not be able to rely on those in the next fight, but then you can pull out a rifle or different types of handguns or your bow and arrow. And all, you know, all of those, well, they don't all play differently, but you know, playing with a bow and arrow is quite a bit different than a shotgun versus your pistols. And all of that is sort of, you know, so you've got like three or four different, ways like completely different ways to attack the enemies and not to mention the thing i don't do at all that the game clearly wants me to do way more of is distract enemies with bottles yeah there's there's a bottle like every five feet in this game i haven't done that at all but that's another big part of the expected gameplay i assume i assume that's the only reason there's so ridiculously many bottles around you can use it to to uh, stun enemies as well. Yeah, if you hit them with it. I just, but I don't know. All of those different things. I feel like, you know, I would say this is even a pretty good step forward from Uncharted when it comes to combat. I mean, yeah, because Uncharted was just a, a pop and shoot kind of thing. Yeah, and I think at the worst, The Last of Us can be a bit like that. But I think that's a minority of the fights. I especially like the ones you were referring before with the bus. I, I like that one because they start streaming in on you from all directions. That that one's exciting to me relative to occasional firefight that turns into a, you know, cover-based shooting. Yeah. That might, I don't know. I just... I don't think it's necessarily a strength of the game, but I absolutely don't think it's a weakness. I and On top of all of that, I feel like the shooting is off. Because the the aiming is sluggish, it seems like the enemies move way too much, way too fast for me to get 
a beat on them. And I, I don't know. It's I, like, I just like every time I pull out a gun, I'm like, God, I'm going to fucking miss. And it, like, you can ask my, my, my fiance watched me play a lot of this game and yeah. she, she was like, you missed, you missed. And then I finally hit him and I'm like, I'm just keep wasting fucking ammo. Every time I pull out a gun, it feels like I'm wasting more bullets than I'm actually working with. And I, I was like, it's because this fucking aiming is just so fucking wonky. And yeah, I, I you you should be able to change that, right? Increase the sensitivity. Probably, I assume probably can. Um, I I guess. I think some of that's obviously intentional. Like, right? They want the runners to be harder to hit, and part of that, you know, part of that I think is is how you set yourself up for the encounters. If you're if you can take out a couple of people without getting seen, and then maybe find a vantage point where you can pull your rifle out and maybe get a couple headshots in before they start charging you. Um, but but I think especially the clickers, like once they see you and charge you, I think they're intentionally a bit erratic with their movements to make it harder to hit them. Yeah, see, that's the thing is like that. That's what I try to do when I get to a stealth. When I'm trying to stealth it, I try to take out the clickers first because they are the one hit kills. And yeah, you know, I don't want those guys getting close to me. I can take out a runner by just mashing on the punch button. You know, um, I don't know. Like the game's definitely tense because Laura was like, "You got it, you got it, hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him." You know, it was constantly. And uh, she said, she said that she was helping me get through the game by giving me encouragement. <laughs> like so, you felt sense of despair that the characters are feeling. I guess. <laughs> it's not ultimate despair, but it's still pretty bad on the despair scale. Yeah, I know. But. uh now nah, she I can tell that she's she's actually kind of enjoying watching this game um which is it is a great one to watch i mean uh the, the character interactions in this game are are still the best I've ever seen i um well we'll get into that we'll get into that so let's continue with the story some there there's my little soapbox of how I don't like the combat but um so yeah, we eventually make it to um Robert. And um we're like we want our fucking guns back. Um he tries to run and what we break his arm? Is that what happens? I think she takes a pipe and nails him in the leg. Yeah, yeah, breaks his leg. And he's pleading for his life saying we can go get the guns. I'll take you, you know. Um and, um, he said no, I sold him. He sold them. He sold him the fireflies, but we can go get them back. You know, we'll take out those firefly assholes and then, uh, we'll, we'll everybody be happy. And, uh, Tess didn't give a fuck and shoots him in the head. And, uh, that's when I was like, yeah, these people are assholes. But, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, like, you don't want to root for these people to begin with. Yeah. That, so, that was a, that was a pretty big scene for me, just because I never thought that your sidekick would do that. You know, I as the main character, you, you, there's always that disconnect. Whenever you're playing a good guy, right, where you're you're walking around murdering people, but in in this game, I would have never expected Tess at the beginning of you know when you first meet her. I would have never expected her to just straight up kill somebody without any. Um, you know, without any coverage of being able to say it was self-defense. I mean, it was just straight up. 
I don't like you, and therefore I will end your life. Yeah, it was basically execution. Yeah. But that tying that back to the combat a little, I love I love how it's it's not just visceral in a gr- gruesome way, but it's like they almost make you linger in it. Yeah. And I love, you know, I love when characters react to you killing people. When they're like, dude, <laughs> dude, relax. <laughs> or, oh my god, I can't believe you just did that. And you're like, well, shit, neither can I, really, but... <laughs> No, because I didn't. You know, if it was if it was just uh, a headshot and you don't think of it, then you don't think of it. But the way this game, especially when you get into those like punching moments, like when you are down to your fists or when you use a shiv, and the way you have to struggle them to the ground, it, it's intense. It's like an emotional toll. And it, as much as you're right, it, you don't you don't want to root for these people because they're assholes. You can also see how it wouldn't take much of that to make them desensitized to everything in the world. Yeah. So, um, as we finish killing Robert, the uh, we got to which she mentions Tess mentions we got to find the fireflies. Just so happens, the leader of the fireflies is right there, and. Um, She's looking for Robert, and I'm like, "Well, Robert's dead." So, uh, but she she tries to strike a deal with us. She says that she will give us the guns and more if we do a drop for her. She wants us to smuggle something. So, um, we decide to follow her, which is her name is Marlene. Um, and, uh, she's, she's wounded pretty badly. She's been shot. Um, and the, obviously the military is trying to find the fireflies. So we, we bump into the military a couple of times while trying to get to where she's, uh, keeping the cargo, um, more stealth. I, I actually didn't, I don't think I got caught here. I was able to stealth it. See, that's the thing is like, I, I attempt to just go around bad guys in this game and just not deal with them at all. Yeah, and I think in a lot of games that would be avoiding the game, but I don't know. Here, I mean, here they even say you should do that in some of the early parts. Yeah. So uh, when we make it to where they're keeping the cargo, kind of find out what they want us to do is smuggle a person, particularly a young teenage girl named Ellie. Um, and they won't really tell us why, but, uh, we get cut off because I think the military has closed in on them and they tell us to get the hell out of here, take her to the Capitol building. That's where the, the drop's supposed to be. There's supposed to be fireflies there. They'll meet with us, take Ellie and then we're done. Um, at the same time, um, Tess stays with Marlene, right? Cause we separate for a minute there, don't we? Yeah, she was going to go back and, and double check. Cause she was really, con- she wasn't convinced that they were going to get the guns. So she was going to go back and double check the cash. Yeah. 
And uh, so that's when Joel and Ellie decide to take off for a little while. We eventually meet back up with Tess. Um, and to begin with, Joel's basically like, just stay down, go here, go there. Um, not much talking involved. But thus is the start of the absolute best part of the game, which is not, I don't mean, by that, I don't mean the levels of the game. I mean, those two together. And, uh, eventually we make it to a safe area where, uh, Joel, uh, takes a break. And that's when they meet back up with Tess. She's like, yep, cash looks good. Let's take her to the Capitol building. So in order to do that, we first have to get out of the quarantine zone. Uh, doing so, we do it at the cover of night. Uh, we do run into some military people who are trying to find, I guess they're trying to find fireflies or are they specifically looking for Ellie? I think they're just trying to find fireflies and maybe just guarding the perimeter. Right. Um, this section I had to restart a few times because you're going to get spotted. That's the thing. And what I do, do I run? Do I shoot guys? What? I was going to say, this is the only section I made it through, I think, in the game so far without getting detected. Really? So yeah, I, 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 it felt like no matter what wall I went by, no matter how many fucking bricks I threw, they were going to find me. And I was just like, fuck. So I just started running. Fucking hightailed it. Made it to the sewers. And um, that's when we... Uh, let's see here. Is the sewers... Tess wasn't with us in the sewers, was she? Or there was there was two sewers. We went through pipes. Yeah, we go through pipes two times, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first one's getting to what the... To the museum? Yeah, this is before we made it to the Capitol building. Yeah. This was... So, uh, after we escape the perimeter, we then go out into Boston itself. And there's buildings that have collapsed. And this is when we finally run into the first infected. Um, particularly clicker. They just throw it right in there. There's a clicker. Um, but yeah, going through the, um, the buildings, the, like, the, the buildings that are falling in and stuff like that. Um, we eventually come out and it, and by the time we get out of the buildings, that's when the sun's starting to rise. So we've made it pretty much all the way through the night. Um, then we have to go through a museum and, uh, that, that then takes us to the Capitol building. Uh, the museum is, was kind of rough. Um, there's clickers everywhere in there. Um, damn. Yeah. It was it was kind of rough in there, um, but the biggest thing is that when we make it to the museum, uh, Joel gets separated by uh, from Ellie and uh, Tess, and when he meets back up with them, they're getting attacked by infected, fight them off, and then we make our way to the Capitol building. Uh, when we make it to the Capitol building, unfortunately, when we get there, we find that all the fireflies that we were supposed to meet up with are now dead. And now the military is closing in on us. So, uh, we decide to leave, but Tess says that she's going to stay behind 
to give us some time to get to escape. Joel then's like, what the fuck were you doing? Why? Yeah, let's go. yeah you're going to get killed. And she says she's infected. She got bit in that last attack at the museum. So at this point, we did skip the part where... We find out what's so special about Ellie. Yeah, because yeah. That, that comes here and is important here. Yeah. Because it's really what convinces Tess. Um. So, what, what is it? I think... Oh, yeah. Um. It was whenever the military were trying to find us at night. Uh, we take one of their scanners, which can detect if somebody has the infection or not. And uh, when they use it on Ellie, she's infected. Or at least it comes up as infected. She then shows us that there's a bite on her arm, which is five days old, I think she said. Three weeks. Oh, was it three weeks? Yeah. Oh. Uh, And uh, usually, if you get bit, within probably a couple of hours, you start seeing some noticeable changes in a person. And within... 12 hours, you are now infected and have lost your mind. And uh, the Fireflies believe that she could very well be the the key to creating a cure to this. Yep. Something and about her blood. Something, something about her bile. Yeah, something about her blood. So, not patient zero, obviously, so we don't have that trope. <laughs> but um, but there, the, we have found somebody who is immune. So, uh, but yeah, that happened. Then we get to the Capitol building. That's where, uh, Tess shows us that she is infected, gotten bit, and she decides to stay back to hold off the military while we make our escape. Um, we don't get far until we see Tess got shot by the military. Yeah. And, uh, is laying there dead. And now the military is closing in on us in the Capitol building. And that's when we have to escape uh, through the sewers. Yeah, Joel the Protector doesn't have a great track record. No, so far he's done a pretty pretty bad job. Wife, daughter, and girlfriend all dead. Well, we don't know what happened to the wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, true. She could she just, did pass. unlikely yeah. to be due to an infected, but yeah, I have a feeling the wife died before the. Before the outbreak happened. Yeah. Either died or they were clearly mopped together. Yeah. So, um, man, this Capitol building thing was, was pretty rough for me as far as taking on this military. Cause these guys like canvassed the area to a T and trying to take one of these guys out quietly without getting spotted was kind of hard for me. Yeah. I think I did once or twice here. Uh, uh, there's a couple of parallel hallways that made it a little bit strange also. Cause I thought at one point I had cleared the hallway just to run around the corner and find out there was just a guy standing there. <laughs> <laughs> That's how most of my stuff happens. So let's talk about the mechanics a little bit. So Joel has the ability to basically put his ear to the ground for lack of a better word. He, he listens in. He's got spider sense. Yeah. So he's able here. he's able to hear uh, where a person is given a vicinity, which you can upgrade, uh, and that allows you to see where a person is even through a wall by using sound. 
Um, so you use that, you try to use that to your advantage to know where a person is. So you can sneak by them or sneak up behind them and kill them, that kind of thing. Um, and then on top of that, there is the whole crafting system. Uh, there is a crafting system in this game where you basically create all of your, um, shivs, which can be used for a one hit kill on, on a sneak attack. You can upgrade. Also, a great upgrade there is the, the one that lets you use one in a pinch if you get attacked by a clicker. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you get if the one hit kill, you've got basically a, a one shot, one use self defense against a clicker if you've got a shiv in that upgrade. Okay. Um, there's also, um, you can do upgrades to your melee weapons. So now you have like a spiked baseball bat, which does a instant kill on an enemy, including a clicker. Um, and you can also upgrade your weapons that you have. So your guns, pretty much all your guns can be upgraded for faster reload speed or, um, better, uh, stability with aiming, faster shooting, stuff like that. It seems like the game also tries to help you out as far as ammo drops go. So if you only want to use one type of weapon, it seems like they give you that type of ammo. Is that true? I don't know. Like, I don't think it's that certain enemies have certain types of ammo ammo that they drop. It seems like it's tailored to whatever you've been using is what you get. I seem to have got a lot of revolver ammo hmm. throughout the game. So far, because in the shotgun parts, all I was getting was shotgun shells. When I was outside of those parts, I was trying to use the bow and arrow to see if I could, how stealthy I could do it, and it seemed like then all of a sudden I was getting arrows. So I'm not sure exactly how that works, but it's kind of neat if that is what's going on. Uh, I'll give you this one thing that Zelda has that this game doesn't: you can pick up your fucking arrows. Yeah, you can hear, except most of the time they break. So, um, but yeah, so those are kind of the mechanics and you create everything in this game and you find, you're trying to find materials for not even just like, you know, shivs and stuff like that, but for health packs, Molotov cocktails, different types of bombs. Um, so it's all about timing stuff because, you know, if you're in the pinch and you need a health pack, you're going to have to time, time it right to where you can create it or use it without an enemy getting to you or finding you kind of thing. So you're never really safe in this game. Um, so yeah, making it out of the Capitol building away from the military. We're like, well, what the fuck do we do now? And Joel says, well, I got a friend of mine who lives around here. He owes me a few favors. Let's see if he can help me out. So, um, we're trying to find Bill. Um, this is where we go underground once again through the subway tunnel, I believe. Yep. Um, and that's when we get to see once again, how, uh, immune Ellie is because there's multiple parts, um, where Joel has to put on a gas mask because of the spores that are in there that can easily infect somebody. Um, and Ellie doesn't need them. So you can just walk around breathing it. Um, there's a little bit of puzzle solving here. Ellie can't swim. So you have to get her onto a floating board and bring her over. And there's a lot of the small, like environmental puzzles when it comes to finding platforms ladders. and ladders and stuff like that. 
Uh, I, I don't mind them. They're they're clearly incredible, meant to be incredibly easy. Yeah. And it, it can come off a little bit hokey, like, oh, we can't get there. There happens to be a ladder right around the corner. Um, but that being said, I, it it helps the exploration part to be a bit more interactive, I guess. I, you know, I, I don't think there's a lot positive to say about it, but, you know, it's there. It, it's something else to do. I don't know. It's there to break know. up the combat sequences, basically. Yeah, otherwise it would just be a lot of walking. Yeah. So, um, when we make it out of the sewer and out of the, um, out of the subway, uh, we come up to basically what is considered Bill's town. Um, it's kind of like a small, I guess, suburb of Boston. Yeah. Small, yeah, small section of a town, small town that then, he's kind of arcaded himself into. Yeah. And um, he has set up traps pretty much everywhere around town uh, to keep the infected out, um, mainly with trip wires and bombs and stuff like that. And um, and he's a amazingly awesome asshole. Yes. So uh, we eventually make it to him uh, through uh, basically getting chased by a bunch of infected. He finds us. And, you know, kind of leads us to where his safe house is. Uh, we make it there and there's a pretty big exchange. Um, the cut scenes in this game is basically what I enjoy the most. Uh, and, uh, these are really well done. Um, he handcuffs Ellie and then forces Joel to, uh, get down on his knees so he can check for bites and stuff like that. Ellie gets loose and hits him in the fucking arm with a pipe. And then, uh, you, you can tell that Ellie is very feisty and she opens her mouth when she shouldn't. And like how she said that, Oh, you're, you're, you owe Joel a bunch of favors. So you're supposed to help him. And then Joel's like, would you shut the fuck up? (laughs) Punches with a swearing either. Yeah. And, um, so Joel's like, all right, look, I got to have a car. (laughs) I got to take her somewhere. And, uh, Bill's like, well, I don't have a car. I do have parts where I can fix up a car, but we're going to have to go get those parts. And originally he doesn't want to help us, but Joel's like, look, you remember I helped you out that one time. We never figure out what that one time is though. Yeah. But um he's like, Alright, fine, I'll help you. So we then travel through Bill's town to look for where we could find basically a battery and some parts and stuff like that. I also think this is my favorite part of the entire game, not just what we've played, because of the dialogue. I mean you mentioned that Ellie is feisty, so between her being feisty and Bill being a dick <laughs> I love the way they talk to each other. And I love when she gets like sarcastic with him, and uh, I, I don't know. There's just every line of dialogue in this whole like hour and a half section. I just love. I like the, really there was yeah. <laughs> Laura was watching this, and she was like, "Wow, these people are dicks." It was. It was she was like, "Wow, these it's intense because they were constantly arguing." I remember Ellie said something, and uh, 
Bill, Bill picked up a fucking machete and pointed at her and said, you listen to me, you little piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm like, wow, these guys are just a bunch of assholes. And everybody's Southern for some reason in this game. Even <laughs> in Boston. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, Bill's great. And, uh, <laughs> but we eventually make it to, uh, we have to, where we're trying to get to is past this schoolyard, which is where we finally come full circle and we're going to talk about the schoolyard. We have to go through a, um, Pretty much the, the parking lot of a school and then through the school itself and eventually through the gymnasium. And yeah, they, there's infected everywhere. We're running and shit like that. Um, I forgot to mention a really cool part, which I, I do have to commend them for. Um, which was before we got to Bill, we accidentally sprung one of Bill's traps. Oh yeah. And, uh, Joel gets caught in the trap and is hung upside down. So uh, the camera is basically facing how Joel would see, and it's upside down. So and, people are running along yeah, the, the ceiling, the roof. <laughs> yeah. And Ellie is basically trying to get us down by cutting the rope. And while this is going on, uh, the infected are coming into the building, and we're trying to shoot the infected while hanging upside down. And it's a really cool section, even though I don't like the aiming in the game. Although... Let's just go ahead and put it out there. Dead Space 2 did this first. They very well did. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, but yeah, it, it is a cool section. It's but, a good, uh, it's a good encounter to make you realize that you don't, you shouldn't be going for headshots in this game like you do in a lot of games because of how erratic the characters move. Yeah. And then especially here because you know, they're coming at kind of a weird angle. If you go for headshots, you may miss three out of four. Whereas I think for most of the runners, it's only two body shots. So if you just pop those two, it, you know, that, to me, this is where I, it, it really reinforced the idea that, yeah, sometimes just, just shoot. Don't, don't aim. Don't, don't go for the precision of a headshot that like most games would tell you you should do. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing that I should bring up is that these aren't your typical zombies. You know, typical zombie lore is shoot them in the head or cut their head off. Uh, damaging the brain doesn't really do anything. Yeah, it will kill them, but strangling them can kill them. So they're there's still like technically scene. alive. There's a couple of good scenes where Bill hacks a head off, though. Yeah. He doesn't need to do it twice. <laughs> where you well, actually watch him take his machete and cut an entire head off. Yeah. They're stuck in a window. Yeah, that, that was one of them. And he has to chop it twice to get it completely off. But, um, the, the, that's the thing is that these, these infected aren't actually dead zombies come back to life. They're alive. Which is actually really cool. I, they, they said that I was looking over some reading for it and it's actually based on that episode of planet earth, which I don't know if you've ever seen it, but the, the cordyceps fungus, Yeah, there's a part of an episode in planet earth where it takes over like an ant and it's that same fungus that they said, well, what if that infected people? And that's sort of the genesis of this game. Yeah. So this isn't some type of virus or anything like that. It's a fungal infection that attacks the brain and eventually turns them into clickers and shit like that. 
Uh, yeah, apparently one other thing that I didn't realize until looking through this is that all of those characters are on one spectrum. So it's not like if you're this type of person, you get turned into a a clicker and a, this one's a runner. So runner is the first stage. Yeah. And then you turn into a, something else, a stalker and then a clicker and then a bloater. So it's all like it's a progression of the infection. Yeah. So the longer you're infected, you eventually turn into these monstrosities, which we run into. Um, so after making it through the school, we go to the gymnasium and we have, I guess it's a boss fight. Would you consider uh, yeah, this a boss fight? I mean, they don't, it's not set up like a boss fight, but as far as this game does it, I guess it's a boss fight. I mean, you're kind of in an arena. Yeah, and it's your first encounter with them. Yeah, you're on a basketball court trying to fight this thing. And it's a bloater, they call them. Uh, bloaters are kind of like these giant fat things that actually kind of they, they kind of keep their distance until you start damaging them. And while they keep their distance, they're actually shooting spores at you um, that explode and go into the air and hurt you. And after you damage them some, then they start charging you. Don't let that thing get a hold of you. Huh. Because it crushes Joel's head. Mm, I was pretty proud of myself in this. I, I you know, I, I knew, I, I saw the basketball court. I'm like, all right, I'm ready. Let's prep some grenades first. I, I took this guy out and felt pretty good about myself. I took him out and he never hit me. I know yeah. he crushes Joel's head because I saw it the first time I played it. Mm. At least I, I think he crushes Joel's head. I know he does something really horrendous to Joel if he grabs a hold of you. Um, Much like we do to all the all the runners because yeah. there's all the, the context-sensitive melee kills. Yeah. There's a, a lot of bashing people's heads into tables and walls and <laughs> everything. Um. But yeah, um, when we make it to, um, make it through, uh, the, uh, the basketball court after beating the bloater, uh, we then have to go through a cemetery. Um, when we make it through the cemetery, which is kind of difficult because there's clickers fucking everywhere. The good thing about clickers are they're blind, so they can't see you. So as long as you're quiet, you can sneak by them. Um, which is what I did throughout most of this area. Um, and I used my daily allotment of shivs. <laughs> I took out, I think, four of them with shivs and then just shotgunned the last three or four. Yeah. But the um, when we make it through the cemetery, it leads into kind of like a, a suburb area. And um, we finally make it to the house where we need to go. Yeah, the one, the other one thing though is that, you know, we were at the, we were at the school looking for a battery in a truck. Yeah, that's where he, he remember he left it. Yeah. Yep. And then we, we checked out that truck, I guess, after the bloater. And then there was, the battery was gone. No, it was uh, before, it was before, it was when we went into the school. Yeah. Cause what, what but, happened was we, we found the truck. We didn't start getting chased and we're like, well, what do we do now? He's like, all right, well, let's get the fuck out of here. And then we go to the school. Yeah. Cause we're screwed. There's no battery anyway. Let's just get out of here. Yeah. And then we go through the school and now we go into a house that just so happens to have 
uh, a dead body hanging there. Somebody hung themselves. Uh, they cut it down and Bill recognizes the person. It is Frank. what now? Frank. Frank. Who is, who was his partner. Um, he notices there was bites on him. So obviously he saw that he was infected and went ahead and ended his own life. But there is a silver lining to this. We go out to the garage um, because Ellie's calling us out there. There's a truck, and it has a lot of Bill's parts in it. And then Bill's like, that son of a bitch stole all my shit. (laughs) Um, But the the battery, uh, the cells are powered, but the battery's dead. But if we can get this thing pushed off... We can get the alternator running, charge up the battery. And that's what we're going to do next time. Or at least that's where I left off. I oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I stopped right there. Yeah, it's, I played the next five minutes, but that's a good place to stop. Yeah. And uh, that's um, that's where we left off. Um, that's, um, so how, does your, how does your feeling on it now compared to when you – because you said this is right around the – the point where you stopped the first time you played it? This is exactly where I stopped. So you compare and contrast sort of your thoughts on it then versus your thoughts on it now, or is it just the same? I wouldn't say it's the same. Uh, I have tempered my expectations this time around. I kind of know what I'm getting myself into. Um, well, I still don't like the combat. I still find it wonky and, 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 and not, not fun for me. Um, I think I feel like I'm growing accustomed to it a little bit more than what I did the first time around. I just feel like, um, you know, maybe I am playing this game wrong. I don't know. Maybe I should shoot more. That's my issue. I think you should shoot more because. I want to say they probably even give you more ammo the more you use. That may be true. So, uh, you know, I mean, maybe I should just experiment. Let's try just shooting the shotgun a lot, you know. Um, I don't know. I just, um, I feel like, I don't feel like I absolutely hate this game, you know. And, and truth be told, I never, I never fully hated the game. I just didn't like playing it. I, th- I still think that the story is great. The characters are great. It looks, it still looks good. Uh, I'm playing the remastered version on PS4. Yeah, I am as well. Um, and it is sharp. It, it's interesting though, because I remember the remaster getting a lot of praise for its visuals, but I didn't play the remaster until now. I played the original one on the PS3. Yeah. And after games like Horizon, it, it, it already almost feels a tiny bit dated. The character models aren't as good as what you would find nowadays. And the textures are just a little bit muddy relative to new games. Yeah. Some of the textures are awful. Like on, uh, if you have an up close camera shot of any of the ladders, like maybe attached to a side of a building, mm-hmm. those are horrid looking. Um, but overall, I mean, it, it's fantastic for, for when it came out. I mean, the game came out four years ago originally. Right. And it's still gorgeous, but um, 
the other thing I haven't noticed, one of the things that I know they were touting for the remaster is the 60 frames per second, which they've said helps with the gunplay and the gameplay. I think you have even have the ability to go back and forth between the 30 and 60 frames. I haven't done that yet, but it, it might be a case of it just kind of feels the way I remember it, but but it's actually an upgrade. Can't tell at the moment. Mm, I didn't know that. So let's jump into our emails. We've got two emails. Uh, the first one comes in from Sam. Uh, the <laughs> The title of this email is pretty good. Title of the email is The Last of Us. It breaks my balls, but I love it all the same. <laughs> it says, uh, the first time I played The Last of Us was the day it released, nearly four years ago on the PlayStation 3. I completed it once and put it away, only returning to it to try the multiplayer once or twice. The version I'm playing now is the PS4 Remastered Edition on the PS4 Pro, and the PS4 Pro really does it justice. Everything looks excellent, upscaled on my 4K TV. I've been playing with Astro 5 a50s on uh this uh sound design is equally excellent yeah. from a from a technical standpoint this game still holds up to today's standards it is nothing short of great i'm confident y'all won't disagree on that aspect well we kind of disagreed um i think it looks good but it, think- it does look great for what it is a yeah, remaster for a remaster yeah it's a remaster it's just it's just clearly not a 2017 game. Yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, if you, if you play Horizon or I, I'll go as far if you play Infamous Second Son, those games look better than this game. That's just my opinion. It says here, uh, that is my praise for the game. Now that the rose colored tint on my glasses has worn down a tad over the years, I've noticed a few things. The aiming is a tad wonky to me. I don't like that the pistols have gun sway, something similarly more appropriate for a sniper rifle in games. Also, the fire rate for the first pistol you get, the 9mm, and the most uh, and most weapons following the 9mm so far is incredibly slow to me along with the reload speed. It seems like realism was a huge priority during some of the design cho- decisions. For example, when it, whenever you change weapons, Joel has to crouch, take off his backpack to replace whatever is currently equipped. I find this slows these down too much and takes me out of the experience. Well, that's part of the crafting, isn't it? Because you can craft more holsters so you can just quick change, right? Yeah, I think so. I haven't done that yet. but I, I don't have enough parts for it. So, All right, well, here he comes. He says, sure, you can uh, upgrade some of your skills later on in the game to help with reload speed and gun sway, but I don't necessarily see this as a good thing. In a game where you can be killed so easily, headshots are critical and you have to make split-second decisions to ensure your survival. The gameplay is very slow to me. It feels like the skills you can upgrade were poorly chosen. I wish those skills like better reload speed and handling were already in place. It makes the gameplay frustrating to me and it seems like a poor decision to have to work for those things. At least that's my opinion. Another thing, I like the Uncharted games. The Last of Us is very cinematic. This is real cool to me if a uh, third party is watching me play, but not so much when it's just me. I'm trying to rush to the next objective, and the game is forcing me to walk here and and hear dialogue when I want to run, because I feel like things are happening so slowly. Uh, I don't like the camera angles or character speed mandated for the most part. 
Maybe I'm just impatient. I think Naughty Dog games uh, do a little too much of this. I do, however, like the crafting. The nail bombs and molotovs are a lot of fun. Uh, do you guys, Drew, specifically echo these sentiments, or are you, or are your reasons for disliking the gameplay different? Everything pertaining to the story is awesome, and I can't wait to see where Naughty Dog takes the successor. I just hope they make some minor adjustments to the gameplay to give players more control and help me have more fun. Cheers, and have a great show. Thank you, Sam. Yeah. Uh, I think I've expressed why I don't like the combat. Um, at the same time, like I said, I could be playing this game wrong. I could suck at this game, you know, and those are totally viable you know, things. Um, I honestly yeah. don't know. I mean, I, I would just suggest if you're getting into some of these fights, try to take out your first couple of people, then maybe switch to the bow and arrow and take out a couple of people. Cause those are still silent kills. Yeah. You know, then throw a grenade in there and then come in with your shotgun. I don't think you'll have as much trouble with, with a lot of these scenarios. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll give it a shot because I, I, I think you are right. I think I do need to be expelling ammo more. Because um, I've never, I've been come close to running out, and I'm shooting most. You know, I'm not, I'm not creeping past anybody. I'm killing everybody in every section, and I've never even come, come close to running out of ammo. Hmm. Well, I'll give it a shot. Um, I mean, I've definitely beaten this game. I've already made up my mind about that. I want to see us through. Um, our next email comes in from Jamie, uh, and, uh, so, you know, just says last of us. Uh, so I haven't played near enough to really talk about too much about the game. I haven't played near at all. <laughs> how, how many hours have you put in? Oh, to, into this game? Yeah. Uh, about four so far. Okay. Yeah, that's where I am too. Says, uh, I, I do a lot of creeping around looking for spare parts and crafting items and stuff. So every single time the game's like, come this way, I'm like, well, if you're telling me to go that way, I probably want to check the opposite way first. Yeah, I'm, I'm like so, that with every game, though. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not going through it terribly quickly, but I'm trying to get all of the upgrade items I can. Right. It says here, so uh haven't played near enough to really talk about too much about the game. I've been pretty much obsessed with Horizon. Uh, with luck, I'll finish that up today, and I can focus on The Last of Us when I'm not playing Mass Effect. Yeah, this is going to be tough. So, zombies. I have a love-hate relationship with them. I remember watching the old-school Night of the Living Dead when I was a teenager, and that began my love of the genre. Uh, while I do love watching zombie films, I have always had some difficulty playing zombie games. Confession time. When I played the Resident Evil games, it was a team effort, and my boyfriend did most of the zombie fighting while I did most of the recording of passcodes and keys, in general mapping out the mansion, etc. I find playing zombie games very unnerving. I did play the Dead Island games and loved them, but I always had Sophie with me on uh, those ones. Um, I think that this might be the first zombie game I've played by myself. Worse still, it's a realistic zombie game. I'm giving it a go, though. Also, are are these mushroom zombies? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how scary can they be? Um, they really start off 
the game with a certain tone, don't they? There's some scary mushrooms out there, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. He says, uh, they really start this game off with a certain tone, don't they? It's like a big sign. Beware, hearts will be broken. It's also pretty catching because you really want to know what happened and what the characters are going to do. I'm not sure about the 20-year jump. Yeah, that surprised me. Usually these games, movies, all start out at the outbreak. Uh, anyways, I played a bit, and I already don't like some of the mechanics. On one hand, I might be uh, being a bit contrary and disliking it because people like it so much. But on the other hand, I hate games where I have to go retrieve a board or a ladder or what have you. I did a yeah. bit of an eye roll when they started those tutorials. The other thing that kind of pissed me off was uh, controlling Joel. Uh, you have to hit the trigger and left stick and another button just to turn around. So there's me trying to figure out why some asshole's beating me with a stick. That's right. I forgot they told you to do that at one point because I've never done it since. I haven't either. A quick reverse. Let's see here. Uh, I think I mentioned it before, but the only game I've ever rage quit was Uncharted, and that stands for one through three. I very nearly threw a controller at the TV while playing that game. Still haven't finished three because of how difficult I find it to be sometimes. I just can't get the hang of it. I know Sophie loves them, and she will play them over and over to get the uh, kills with different weapons for the different trophies, but that is not my game. Story, sure, but not gameplay. That is the main reason why I stayed away from this game, and just playing the first mission is giving me some serious reservations. Because it really does feel like Uncharted with Zombies. Then again, as was suggested to me, I, if I'm having too much trouble with it, I'll just lower it to easy and get the story out of it. Wow, all that, and I've only played about an hour. Hopefully I'll have some uh, made some more progress before next week, but like I said, Mass Effect. So no promises. So there you go. Yeah. Um, I mean, both both fair assessments, certainly. Oh, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, um, <laughs> maybe people do look at this game with road sunglasses. I'm curious how many people actually went back and played this game again. Yeah, it, it did. Like, like you mentioned it, it did have quite the hype train. So if you haven't played it since then, it's really hard to sometimes dissociate those two things. Yeah. I don't know, but, um, I appreciate the emails. Uh, keep them coming. Uh, you can send the uh, emails to drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can, uh, tell us what you think of the last of us. I know a lot of people out there's got opinions. I want to hear them. Um, you can also follow us all on Twitter. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix down. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We'll, uh, we'll continue on through The Last of Us. I don't think this game's very long. We put about four hours into it right now. So, um, I don't think I, we're going to try and finish this in three episodes. So two more episodes, hopefully. And we will on the last episode, we will be, uh, talking about the DLC because the DLC is. I've not played it. Yeah. I, I reviewed it. So you guys can always check out that review. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll, it's only about two hours for it. 
so should be pretty easy. But uh, yeah, that's it for us. Um, I appreciate everybody listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. But until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great week, and we'll be back next week with the continuation of The Last of Us. Thank you.